Welcome back to Fantasy Hockey Picks and Bets right here on Mail Media Network. I'm your host, Jay Khan, finally back for another Thursday slate in the NHL. It's a lighter Thursday slate than we're used to in the league, but we still have seven games to dig our teeth into. Before I get started, remember to like the show, subscribe to the channel as well if you haven't done so already. But happy to be back, breaking down some games, and let's hope we get our 10, 11, 12 Thursday game slates back here in the near future. But we actually kicked things off with a great matchup. The Tampa Bay Lightning plus 115 dogs on the road in Florida to take on the Panthers, minus 135 favorite. Favorites on home ice. The over under is set at six for this game. So uh, the Sunshine State showdown, whatever you want to call this matchup, it was a great playoff series last year and seems to be a great rivalry. One of the better new rivalries now in the National Hockey League. Tampa Bay returned from their pause with just a crazy 5-4 overtime win against Montreal on Tuesday. They had to score with 20 seconds left to tie the game and then eventually win it in overtime. It was Perry that tied the game. Andre Palat that wins the game in overtime. Vasilevsky and Brian Elliott are both on the COVID list right now. So it's Maxime Legacy in net. I would assume he gets another start here. He wasn't exactly great in that game against Montreal, but he did enough for, uh, for them to get the win. Braden Point returned to the lineup in that game after a long absence as well, and he looked fantastic. Two goals, one assist. He was all over the ice. So much needed for Tampa, although they were still winning games even when Point wasn't in the lineup. They get more good news with Nikita Kucherov starting to skate as well. So his return is at some point in the near future. The Bolts are 9-1 and one in the month of December as well. So even though we haven't played the full schedule, when Tampa is playing, they have just been a really tough team to beat. Uh, Panthers, on the other hand, they'll be playing the second half of a back-to-back on Thursday night. They return to action on Wednesday at home to the New York Rangers. So no travel involved. They're at home for both games. I don't think it'll be too big of an issue for them playing on the back-to-back back, especially with all that time off in between games. Barkov and Huberto will be back into the lineup on Wednesday. So you could expect basically a fully healthy Panthers lineup in this game against Tampa Bay. It looks like their top six is going to be Barkov with Berhegi and Duclair on the top line and Sam Bennett centering a second line of Jonathan Huberto and Sam Reinhardt. So a pretty nice looking top six there. And guys like Anton Lundell, Patrick Hornquist, they shift back down to the bottom six and you get a really deep looking Panthers squad. So I actually do like the Panthers in this game even though that they're they're playing the second half of a back-to-back. I just don't really love the price, minus 135 right now. I think you could wait if you do like the Panthers like I do, see if this line comes back towards Tampa a little bit, especially if Florida loses to the Rangers on Wednesday night. Maybe you see some action trending towards Tampa, who has been really hot. And you can grab the Panthers closer to minus 120, minus 125. If the line goes the other way towards the Florida Panthers, then I would start to consider taking Tampa Bay just because they've been so good at beating anybody. And they'll certainly be up for this game against a a rival like the Florida Panthers. So I'll look to bet the Panthers on this one. Uh, In terms of an over-under, it is set at six, the very high total right now with Tampa's goaltending question marks. I wouldn't play an under. I do love my Vasilevsky unders, but he won't be ready to go for this game. And um, 
with Bobrovsky starting on Wednesday, I'm not sure what the Panthers are going to look like between the pipes as well. So lean Panthers, but I'm going to wait to see if I can get a better price at some point on Thursday. Next game on the card, we've got the Nashville Predators minus 125 favorites on the road in Columbus to take on the Jackets who are plus 105 at home. The over-under is five and a half for this game. The Preds return to play on Wednesday in Washington. So this will be the second half of a back-to-back for them as well. They take a seven-game win streak into that game in Washington. So if they win that game on Wednesday, they could be looking at a nine-game win streak here in Columbus. They've just been absolutely rolling. The Preds just removed eight players from the COVID list as well. So some good news there. But the bad news is they had to place Roman Yossi, Colton Sissons, and Thomas Novak on that list. It could be David Riddick in net for this game as well, as you see Soros is starting on Wednesday. So it could be back the backup goaltender for the Preds in this game. And no Roman Yossi is just, just so concerning. As good as this Nashville team has been, so much goes through him defensively, so much goes through him offensively. He is clearly their best player. So without him in the lineup... I think they're a little bit of a different team. So we'll see how they respond to not having big Roman Yossi back there. The Jackets, on the other hand, they will be playing their first game since December 16th. So 14 days between games, two full weeks. Patrick Laine has been practicing this week and could return from an oblique injury. So that's nice to get a bit of a scoring punch in this lineup. And they're going to need it because on the other hand, Oliver Bjorkstrand, one of their other top guns, he was placed on the COVID list along with Eric Robinson and Eunice Corpusalo. So uh, the Jackets, other than that, seem to be fully healthy. And I do think this is a pretty good spot for them. They've been off for a long time, so there might be a bit of a rust factor here. But you catch Nashville in the second half of a back-to-back with some travel involved with the backup goaltender, and you're getting plus money right now. So as good as Nashville's been, no Roman Yossi in the lineup back-to-back situation. I I think this is a chance to maybe grab the Jackets at plus money. I also don't mind the over of five and a half. The Jackets just bleed scoring chances. And with Nashville possibly starting the backup goaltender, I think this could be a a good chance to play a total. And that'll be a theme uh, over the course of this show as well. It's just looking at some overs. We saw it on Tuesday, the first three games when the NHL returned. A A lot of goals, a lot of offense. And maybe that's something that we can look to take advantage of here in the first few games. This team's rust a little sloppy coming back from a long layoff. So over five and a half in the jackets seem to be the side I'll be leaning towards there. Next game on the card, the Montreal Canadiens, plus 235, huge underdogs on the road in Carolina to take on the Canes, who are minus 300 favorites, over under five and a half for this one as well. Like we said earlier, the Habs returned to action on Tuesday with a 5-4 overtime loss in Tampa. They were 20 seconds away from the win, though. Would have been a nice win for the Habs coming out of the break after how their season has gone so far. They have a long list of players on the COVID list right now. I won't uh, list every name for you, but it is it is a substantial part of their roster. And they could have to go back to Sam Montenbeau, who did not look good the other night against the Tampa Bay Lightning. Uh, they did get Gallagher back on Tuesday. He thought he scored a goal, goaltender interference. You can debate how you felt about that one but it was nice to see Gallagher get back out there he played up on a top line with Nick Suzuki and Jonathan Drouin uh, the Canes they'll be playing their first game since December 18th so a 12-day layoff for the Canes between games they had won six of seven games going into the break and including a pair of games where they had like nobody in their lineup and they just still absolutely rolled so I think that just speaks to the culture that's in place there in Carolina no matter who puts on that jersey for Rod Brendamore they're going to play well so I, I'm not really concerned about who's in and who's out for the Canes but 
they got most of their big guys back. Now, Frederick Anderson, though, is in COVID protocols, and Martin Nachas is in concussion protocol. But other than that, they have their stars back, Ajo's back, Svechnikov's back, and you'll be seeing a, a pretty similar Canes team that what you're used to, and feels like they should roll in this game. I don't love, obviously, the minus 300 price is, is pretty steep to pay for the Canes, but I, I actually think the over could be worth a look here with goaltending question marks for the Canes and Frederick Anderson not available, and Montreal tons of goaltending issues and just issues in general for them. I think we could see a pretty high scoring game here. So over five and a half would be my favorite play. And I would support playing Carolina really in any fashion. Next game, we've got the Buffalo Sabres plus 165 dogs on the road in New York to take on the Isles. Over under is set at five and a half for this game. The Sabres will return to action on Wednesday at home to the Devils. So this will be the second half of a back to back for them. Um, Home to, home to uh, New Jersey in Buffalo, and then they do a little bit of travel here to go to Long Island. COVID issues, just like every other team, Hinnestroza, Gergensons, and Cousins are all on the list, actually along with head coach Don Granado. Uh, they actually had a four-game point streak, too, but, uh, before the break, 2-0-2. Two, oh, two. Sabres have been playing some sneaky good puck. Uh, the Isles, on the other hand, they'll be playing their first game since December 19th, so an 11-day layoff for the Isles between games. Beauvillier, Clutterbuck, Nelson, Parisi, Wallstrom, all on the COVID list. So that's, what, five regular forwards right there for the Isles that won't be in the lineup. They still haven't been able to string two wins together since early November. Now, some of that, there's been COVID that's thrown a wrench into that and, and the break that we've obviously been on, but it's just been a struggle for the Isles to string any sort of wins together. And it's just too big of a price to pay for them right now. I think they probably win this game, especially with Buffalo on, on the second half of a back-to-back, -back, but I'm not lining up to lay minus 200 with the Isles right now. I just can't do it. So if I had to play a side, it would actually be the Sabres at plus 165. Like I said, they've been playing some, some sneaky good hockey of late before, before we had to hit the pause button. And again, the over five and a half, I just think is worth a look in a lot of these games. I, we've just seen teams so rusty, so leaky uh, that we, we've seen some pretty loose hockey here. So over five and a half, Buffalo plus 165 would be my leans for this one. Getting to the later part of the card, the Calgary Flames minus 140 favorites on the road in Seattle to take on the Kraken who are plus 120 on home ice over unders five and a half here the flames will be playing their first game since december 11th so a 19 day layoff for the calgary flames just crazy almost three full weeks since they've played a hockey game they were on a four game losing streak before that so maybe they did need the break in in a, in a small way uh completely clear of their COVID issues though so that's the good news for calgary there there will be some rust for this team but full health uh, they should be ready to go for this game. Kraken return. Uh, they actually have their return at home to the Flyers on Wednesday. A good part of their blue line is on the COVID list, but it seems to be trending in the right direction for them. Ryan Donato on the COVID list as well. I would assume that Grubauer and Dreger would split the two starts. It looks like Grubauer is going to go Wednesday night. So I would expect Chris Dreger to start this game for the Seattle Kraken have no idea how to play this one. I, the Flames are clearly the better team, in my opinion here, but with how long they've been off, almost three full weeks, the, the fact that Seattle gets to actually play a game the night before, I actually think is an advantage here, even though you know, we usually look to fade teams on the second half of a back-to-back. -back, I think playing the game might work to their advantage. So I'll continue to look at Seattle here as a dog, see if the price is right. Um, again, Calgary is the better team here. I just worry about what they're going to look like after almost three weeks off, but they do have their full healthy lineup. If you like the flames, you want to back them. I certainly wouldn't fight you on it. Next game on the card, 
We got the Philadelphia Flyers plus 115 dogs on the road in San Jose to take on the Sharks, who are minus 135 favorites on home ice. The over under is set at six for this game, but you get plus money for the over six in that situation. The Flyers return in Seattle on Wednesday, like we mentioned earlier. So this will be the second road game in two nights for them. They go Seattle to San Jose, not an easy back to back. They had a 4-0-1 stretch going in the five games before the break. So they were actually starting to roll. Uh, bad news, though, Couturier, Ellis, Broussard, Carter Hart, and Scott Lawton are all in COVID protocol for Philly. So a bit of a depleted lineup. The Sharks returned on Tuesday with just a ludicrous game, 8-7 shootout win over the Yotes. They actually blew a two-goal lead late in that game, but still ended up picking up the two points. Relatively healthy, though, in terms of COVID right now, so they should have basically a full lineup. Uh, they've been they've had a few guys that have actually been money for shot props lately as well. Eric Carlson and Brent Burns from the back end have both been really good. Timo Meyer has been really solid all season in that department, so if you want to look at those numbers, I, I think that's certainly worth a play. I would look to bet the Sharks here. I just think that this is a better spot for them. And with some of the Flyers issues with, uh, you know, a guy like Couturier out, who's their top center, a couple of other forwards out, they're starting goaltender out in Carter Hart. Feels like a good spot for the San Jose Sharks. I don't love the minus 135, but maybe look to, to go on the puck line here because I could see this being a pretty high scoring matchup. Last game on the card, Vancouver plus 115 dogs on the road in LA to take on the Kings who are minus 135 favorites. Over-under is five and a half for this game. The Canucks, they return on Wednesday in Anaheim and look to add to a six-game win streak before the break, 6-0 and under Bruce Boudreau. So they could be 7-0 and uh, and on a seven-game win streak heading into this game. Not much, though, in terms of COVID issues for them. That's great news. So they should have close to a fully healthy lineup. Halak and Demko should split the, the two starts Wednesday and Thursday. So whoever starts Wednesday, I'd look for the other guy to get the start on Thursday. Uh, the Kings actually returned on Tuesday with a 6-3 loss at home to Vegas. Did not look good. Very leaky in that game. Cal Peterson, though, has been cleared to play uh, between the pipes. So I don't know if they go back to Jonathan Quick after a poor performance on Tuesday or if they give Cal Peterson this start. Phil Deneau, Oli Mata, and Dustin Brown are all on the COVID list for the LA Kings. This one is a pass for me, but I would look towards the over five and a half. Just like I said with a bunch of these games, it just looks loose right now. Teams coming back from COVID almost feels like preseason hockey. So anytime time I see the over five and a half and it's not juiced to the over too much, I, I think it's at least worth a strong look. Let's get into some DraftKings plays, though. I, I think this is an interesting time to, to take advantage in DraftKings because you can look at guys that are out of the lineup and look at guys that are up on top line, get top lines getting great matchups and are just not fairly priced. So I, I think this is a time where we can actually take advantage. Tampa, Florida is an interesting game. I'm Looking at the price of, of Alexander Barkov, doesn't seem to make a ton of sense. It's his first game back after a while, but he's only $6,700 for a top player like that that plays the minutes that he does. And with Tampa Bay's issues in net right now with their two goaltenders on the COVID list and having to play like third, fourth string guys, we could see some offense in that game. So $6,700 for Barkov, I think is a nice price. You could take his line mate, Carter Verhage, if you want to dip into the bar bargain bin a little bit, he's $3,600. For Carter Verhage, I think that's a really nice price. Obviously, the Kane stack, I think a lot of people are going to gravitate towards this against the Montreal Canadiens. Svechnikov, 6,600. Tebu Teravainen, 6,200. Vincent Trocek at 5,800. I think those are fair prices. It's just that they are going to come with some ownership. So I'd be careful going too heavy on the Carolina Hurricanes, but they should roll against Montreal. Pat, speaking of players coming back from injuries, I just mentioned Barkov. 
Patrick Laine is another interesting name in DraftKings on Thursday. Assuming he does play, there hasn't been confirmed that he is going to be back in the lineup, but he's $3,700. I know Nashville is pretty good defensively, but no Roman Yossi, possible backup goalie. I think that's a, a nice price to take a shot on Patrick Laine to maybe score a goal or two in his return. So $3,700 for Patrick Laine. I'll have that one circled for sure. Buffalo and the Islanders. There's a couple of cheap Sabres I actually really like here. Rasmus Dahlin. He has just been trending upwards uh, over the last month or so, shooting a lot, picking up a lot of points, doing it offensively, and he's only $4,100. So on the back end, that's not a bad one. Alex Tuck, $4,100 as well. He's going to make his Sabres debut on Wednesday up on the top line. And JJ Paterka is on that top line as well. Sabres prospect getting a shot here. So $2,900 for Paterka, $4,100 for Tuck. I think those are pretty fair prices. And bargain bin Canucks in LA against the Kings. It's just some of these prices don't make a ton of sense to me. Bo Horvat at 4,200, EP 40, Elias Pettersson down at 3,900 now, and Connor Garland at 4,300. I like all three of those guys that get consistent minutes in that Canucks offense. Philly San Jose could be another game to take a look at as I think there should be some goals in that one as well. That'll be it for me today though. You can check me out on Twitter at jhan 4 and remember to like the show on the way out. Thanks for watching and listening and good luck with your bets and lineups. I'll catch you all next week. Mm-hmm.